This is Gordon Vernick with Jazz Insights. Today we're going to continue with the history of the bass in jazz. We're going to start in the late 1920s and early 1930s when the way the bass was played began to change. And this shift really comes to us from Kansas City or what's known as the Southwest Territory. But one of the most important modern jazz bassist was a man by the name of Walter Page. He was a terrific musician. He played tuba. He also played baritone sax and uh, was a masterful bass player. He was one of the first bass players to move away from this kind of thumping and slapping kind of bass to a very, very smooth, we call walking four. I mean, he didn't invent it, but he certainly perfected it, and the bands from Kansas City through the 1930s really perfected what what we refer to as the modern rhythm section style. So we're going to start with a 1929 recording from uh, Walter Page uh, with a very famous band he played with called the Blue Devils. This is called There's a Squabble. And this was actually written by Count Basie, although he is not the pianist on the recording, and it features Hot Lips Page. This is Walter Page on the bass. <laughs> Also of interest on this recording, the alto saxophone player was Buster Smith, who later would be famous with the Count Basie Orchestra, and was the musical role model for Charlie Parker's playing. So by the mid to early 1920s, Buster Smith was already a very famous saxophonist and clarinetist. We're going to stay with Walter Page for the next selection and jump ahead to about 1938. Now, as history tells us, Basie formed this amazing band in Kansas City about 1935 and 36, which included Papa Joe Jones and uh, Walter Page. Um, when they went to New York later in the 1930s, they made a lot of recordings. We're going to listen to a great recording from 1938, which is called Page and the Devil. It's kind of a play on words, which really features Walter Page's bass playing. Now, this is about eight or nine years later. We can really hear the walking style has fully matured, and, of course, the recording quality is better.
those uh, Kansas City jazz aficionados out there should surely recognize the clarinet player as being Lester Young. He was a fabulous jazz clarinetist as well as being, um, you know, being known as a tenor saxophonist. With Page's bass playing here, you can feel it, you can hear that he lets the notes ring so they're full quarter note value as opposed to the 1920s era bass players who really had to pluck and slap the strings in a very percussive manner where the, the strings couldn't ring that much because they were constantly hitting them. He would pluck the string with either uh, the meat of his first finger or the first two fingers and then let the notes ring so that the notes are big and full in length and that also helps the rhythm section. It's really amazing that little bit of a change helped to usher in the modern jazz rhythm section style. Fletcher Henderson was one of the most important band leaders in New York, probably all across the East Coast in the 1920s. By the 19, late 20s, early 30s, he um, was not quite as popular or successful as he had been in the early 20s. He reformed his band about 1930, and he gave up the tuba, and he replaced the tuba with a wonderful bass player by the name of John Kirby, who in the later 1930s would go on to lead his own group, very, very innovative and famous band, which was also known as a little big band. Henderson's arrangements, of course, are legendary. Uh, this particular track we're going to listen to is from 1930. It's called Chinatown, My Chinatown, and it features John Kirby on bass, who really took what Walter Page had done in terms of, you know, the plucking style, walking style, and then just added to it. Chinatown, My Chinatown. <laughs> bass players were really pushing the band. You don't hear a lot of drums in these 1920s and 1930s recordings. Um, it would take until the latter part of the 1930s with drummers like Zooty Singleton and, of course, Papa Joe Jones to develop a more modern drumming style where the emphasis was placed on the cymbals as opposed to the drums themselves. And then we, we would get a, a more balanced sound that we you know was a modern rhythm section sound. But these guys back then were really pushing the band and playing in a very energetic way. And, of course, John Kirby really foots that bill. The next track we're going to listen to is from 1932, and it features a very well-known bassist from that era by the name of Wilson Myers, who would later go on and play with a, a wonderful group called the Spirits of Rhythm. He was a good singer, great scat singer, wonderful bassist. The name of this band was the New Orleans Feet Warmers. It was a pickup group of uh, primarily New Orleans musicians featuring Tommy Lanier, uh, Sidney Bechet, and Ted Nixon. A uh, wonderful group, but paid particular attention to the way uh, Wilson plays and the way he scat sings. This is called the Shag.
In the early to mid-1930s, Eddie South was a very popular and famous violinist and singer and band leader. One of his famous groups was a quartet from about 1933 featured a young bassist from Mississippi by the name of Milt Hinton. Milt had a very long and very active and fruitful career. He lived until I think he was in his mid-80s and made a lot of records. And he was really known as a great walker, plus a good soloist and a master of the slap style. This recording we're going to listen to is from 1933. It's with the Eddie South Quartet, and it's called My Oh My, and check out Milt Hinton's bass playing. That particular recording is reminiscent of Stefan Grappelli and Django Reinhardt's famous group from approximately the same period. Violin-playing band leaders were very common uh, from the turn of the century up probably through the mid-1930s when the violin really kind of fell out of favor in terms of uh, an instrument that we associate with jazz. But it was not unusual to have a violin soloist in many of these groups through the mid-1930s. Of course, today it's a little unusual, but back then it was very common. We're going to end today's program with a 1939 recording of Milt Hinton playing with the famous Cab Calloway Orchestra. Calloway's band from the late 1930s was an amazing group of musicians. It featured Mario Bauza, also Dizzy Gillespie, Chu Berry, Cozy Coldplay drums. And people failed to realize that in the late 1930s, Cab Calloway was one of the most popular band leaders of the era. This track, which is called Pluckin' the Bass, features Milt Hinton throughout and shows his amazing skills as a bass player, not only as a timekeeper, but also as a soloist.
This has been Jazz Insights with Dr. Gordon Vernick. Visit me on the web at gordonvernick.com. Jazz Insights is produced by WMLB AM 1690, the voice of the arts in Atlanta, Georgia.